cliffcentral.com. Well, I attended an extraordinary 89th birthday with a woman who is, uh, she's well known to everyone in South Africa and probably everyone in the world because she's traveled to every corner of the globe. She's also somebody, I was originally her producer, poor, poor Kate, I was her producer for a little bit, but I'm thrilled to say that we're still friends after all these years, 24 years, and I've been lucky enough to gather some wisdom from her along the way. But the the interview wouldn't be an interview like all the normal ones because Kate's already fascinating enough on her own. But we've decided to bring in her two extraordinary daughters too, uh, both of whom are accomplished and uh, celebrated women in their own right. And I don't think I'm going to get much more time in this discussion than this introduction because once these three start – I don't think it's going to end anytime soon, and I'll have to—I'll probably just have to take a nap in between <laughs> while they all while they all start telling all the good stories. That's what I hope is going to happen. You'll never take a nap while no. the Turkingtons are here. Well, Kate Turkington, um, happy birthday for earlier this you. month, and Tara and and uh, Tiffany. It's very good to have you both here. Thank, Thank you. you for coming in. And congratulations to you two on Flow Communications and all the awards that you got the other day at the um, the Gen Next Awards. New Gens. New, New, Gen, New Gen. I can't remember which one's which, but anyway. <laughs> Thank there you. There we go, New Gen. But you, you walked away with armfuls of these trophies for, for you and all your clients. So well done on that front. Thank you, Gareth. <laughs> so let's just start here because I know that for your business, a big focus has been women. And the matriarch of your family is this extraordinary woman. Um, and I'm pretty sure that you've got stories that will paint her in the most perfect light. But you've probably <laughs> in your dreams. But you've probably got some dreams. other stories, and those are the ones that I might be more interested in, that will show that she actually is just another human being and a mum, and that she's as fallible as all she's not like the Pope. Popes are infallible, as we learned and believe it or not, many years ago. But this, this focus on, on women in your agency is, is a great example of that. It must come from a place where your mother instilled something in you both at a young age. Yes or no? Instilled completely that, that women can be anything they want to be and actually need to be more. And has driven us to create a company where, where we hire over 75% women we strongly believe that. Uh, Do you have a few men too? A bit of affirmative action for men. Yeah, that, well, uh, y- yeah, that, need some that token men. <laughs> women are powerful, but I don't know how. I don't know how um, controversial I'm allowed to be on the show because you asked for a story about women. Yes. Um, and yesterday, my mother sat me down in her courtyard and said, "Do you know that I had three orgasms in my sleep last night?" <laughs> Oh my God! I, I and sleep. we're off. <laughs> I just, um, true. I just looked up at the pot plant. Well, that's and I, said, "Well, I've never had one of my sleep." Kate, you, I'm you, blushing. You, 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 I'm blushing. I'm amazed that we got you to blush within the first five minutes of the. Congratulations, so Tiffany. Well done. You have delivered. If you say nothing else during the course of this interview, I'll be thrilled. But that was amazing. So. Kate, you often say that you come from a long line of witches. Was part of your magic learning how to do this? <laughs> just come, it just comes naturally. <laughs> oh wow, Tara, uh, was it was it always easy having a mother who's such a character and such? A... No, it was never easy. <laughs> 
straight to that answer. It didn't take uh, you a uh, second. Uh, this, is not, this is a bit of a tamer story, slightly tamer. When I was in uh, about, you know, I was about 16 in high school, very impressionable and very embarrassed to have my mother. I used to, well, when we went shopping on a Saturday morning, as you did then, um, I made her walk on the other side of the of Sandton City. Um, but anyway, one day she got, uh, there was an article that Style Magazine was going to do. And, um, and, and they said, please take a picture. They gave um, a few people a little um, a camera with, and you, you would print out a little Polaroid. It's not mm. like the fa- funky ones of today. It was the old, old school ones. Please take a self-portrait of how you see yourself. Okay. So my mother, my mother did this. Okay. She dressed in a corset, a red satin corset, with a pith helmet and her reading glasses, and she stood on my father. <laughs> and fishnet stockings. <laughs> and fishnet stockings. And I think she had a riding whip. <laughs> and so Style Magazine got this, and they blew it up into a double-page spread. And then I had to go to school. Where it was posted, up on the pin board. I had, my foot was not on your father, and there wasn't a riding uh, prop. That's, that's your father took the photograph. He was encouraging me. Well, um, your your father is also he he was a remarkable man, and I was very lucky to have spent some time with him because whenever your mum would do her show. He would dutifully come in and, and he would be there and he'd listen to the show. There were one or two occasions where you did shout at us because we weren't listening to the show. Yes. We were talking to each other. But I will forever remember as the happiest wake I've ever been to in my life. Yes. Your, your dad's wake Wait. was just such a beautiful occasion. You know, Kate and I had spoken about religion <laughs> and what comes after this and for the, the meaning of time, life. Absolutely, and and you'd introduced me to rabbis and cardinals and prophets and, <laughs> and charlatans, char- many charlatans, charlatans. But Angels. here, here I saw for the first time that you practice what you preach. You had this amazing family get together. Whoever wanted to say something said something, and it was all lovely, lovely, funny stories, Gen- genuine happiness all around. I thought, wow, that's actually the way to go. But you know what, Kath, it's almost a, a stet invitation to an Irish wake because he was Irish. The invitation nearly always says, bring something to eat, something to drink and something to say. Uh-huh. And I once, Alan and I once went to a wake in Sligo on the west coast of Ireland. There was the, the body stretched out on chairs and it lasted for three days. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was absolutely wonderful. Um, was it easy to raise these two because they're also quite strong characters? They, at one stage when they were sharing a room, Tara is... Um, untidy. There's another word for it. She's creative, as they say in South Africa, creative and everything's everywhere. And Tiffany's more like me. She's quite tidy and organised. And I think it was you who tied the piece of string. Tiffany tied a piece of string round down the middle of the bedroom so that Tara wouldn't go into half of the and, and I was given some wonderful no people you're either tidy or you're not and neither worry tidy people worry untidy people 
tone. And Tara does, was quite untidy, and somebody gave me the most wonderful advice. They said, pick up all the rubbish from the floor and just dump it on her bed. That'll fix it. Came home, went to bed, didn't even notice it. <laughs> you've, you've, so, you've also managed to travel together, and travel's a, such a big part of what you've done, and you've written books about the amazing places you've been to, you've written articles, and, mm -hmm. and, and you've, you've shown so many other people who've lived vicariously through you and your travels, parts of the world that the rest of us would never see. Um, of course you will. Well, I yes, mean, you, you just will. you just planned a trip for will. us to Uzbekistan, <laughs> yes, in, the, in, Uzbekistan. The, <laughs> in the front entrance hall here. So you, you must have been to some amazing places with your mum. And what, what, what kinds of things did you see there? And what sort of things did you uh, did you glean off of her behavior in these places? She taught us from a very early age that that if you have any money in the world, you've got to travel, which is why she doesn't have any money in the world. Um, but whenever she got a paycheck, whenever she got royalties from a book, whenever she got any money whatsoever, she planned a family trip. And she took us uh, traveling all over Europe, all over America. Back then it was an early traveling day, so it wasn't the, the later more exotic ones. Um, but she, she instilled in us a love of travel then, and I, I hope we can do that with our families, that, that it's pointless to die with money in the bank, ha ha, yeah. everyone would love some, but really use it on experiences and use it on memories. And and I think she has she has nine grandchildren. I think all of them are instilled the absolute it's not love of travelling, it's a need to travel. Listen, this this thing about the grandchildren, there was quite a, a jostling for position. Very competitive. On yeah, on, on Saturday at your party, my God, yeah. they were all ready to climb into each other about who's the favorite. <laughs> and the one was saying she had a ring and that that proves that she's the favorite. And then someone else was shouting from the background. I think it was Rex going, no, no, I'm the favorite. Everybody knows I'm the favorite. So there's obviously a lot of competition yes, on here. They all love right. you, keep right? Them, they all love you. Not one going. that thinks you're a... Do you know, they wrote me, <laughs> they all did special, special, special things. Uh, Tara's four all wrote me a, a special, special uh, letter. Tara's Rex... Tiffany, that's Tiffany. Tiffany. Oh, sorry. She never calls us by the right name. names, right? I, I did that the other uh, night. Tiffany's, and, yeah, I won't Tiffany's, uh, <laughs> Tiffany's too did the music and sent me lovely uh, WhatsApps. My oldest grandson complained he'd phoned me eight times and I hadn't returned his call, <laughs> I said. Uh, rubbish. They're all, they're all so, so... Uh, and of course, they're all number one. They're not really, but... <laughs> well, we'll never find out who the, the favourite was. But this is interesting, Gareth. Five boys and four girls. Uh, only you know, I'm still after fourteen, fifteen years president of Santon Bird Life. The five boys are all birders, but none of the girls uh, really a bit, sort of, but not not like the boys. The boys are brilliant. Brilliant birds. Still, These you're two you're are still the president birders. of Sudden Bird Life. Yes, we were, <coughs> we were at Murray Vale with two of the grandsons on Thursday. I don't have a number. I'm anonymous. No, no, no. But what I mean is how many of the birds, you know, they've, they've got the... Do you know? I don't know. The people and who have the 800 of no, you know, this rarefied... Exactly you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Right? Right? No, Mum's very it, good. Very, very good at birding. Exactly. People say to me, how many countries have you been to? I have no idea. I've never counted. Why, why count? What's the point? There was an interesting question What's that came up um, while I was, I was at your party. Someone said that they were asked a very bizarre question once about travel and probably 
you know, you're the one who can answer this best. Is there a place that you'd been to that you'll never, ever want to go back to again? Yes, Burkina Faso. <laughs> oh, really? Burkina Faso? Not good, huh? I went. Were you, was, were you there as a journalist or for no, fun? I was, no, it was a private <laughs> trip with a small group of friends, three friends. And every year, this was the wonderful part, they, every two years they have something called Festima, mm-hmm. and that's the festival of the masks. Now, a lot of people think masks are something, you know, to decorate the living room wall with or put on. But in West Africa particularly, I can't speak for elsewhere, when an elder dons a mask, they take on the spirit of the ancestors and they become very, very fearsome and people are terrified of them. So this festival was many, many countries from uh, West Africa putting on the mask. I mean, they come in blowing smoke. One of them cooked a chicken under their grass skirts. They do, And the crowd, it was in a big dusty arena, and every time the mask went near the crowd, they shrunk back in absolute terror. But I had met the night before in a bar which had no water, no beer, no nothing, <laughs> three Nigerians in synchronicity. I had taught the father of one of the Nigerians when I taught in Nigeria at quite wow. a famous grammar school. And they came on on the last evening and they were all done in white paint and white headdresses and blowing great animal horns. And they walked right round the arena and they came and knelt in front of me <laughs> and said, this is for mother. Oh, oh so that wow. was the good part of Burkina I was going to say, why not go back for that? You've treated like a goddess. I, I also sat on the back of a sacred crocodile, which was quite special, drugged to its eyeballs. Huge, 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 eight foot, eight. I don't know, three meat crocodile. They drugged them. They they asked me to sit on its back, so I did. But, you know, the French were the colonists there, and the French left nothing. They left no schools, but they left a French of st- a sense of style. So croissant and clothes you could have made that. Otherwise, it was a desert. And now, of course, it's war. War. Well, war I, there. I believe... You've also been proposed to uh, a number of times, and you've you've rejected all of these proposals since, Alan. Maybe you should tell the story, <laughs> Tiffany. Tiffany, do you want to tell us what happened, or, or do you? Tara? No, no, I, no. I didn't want. To, I just wanted to go back to the travel. We can get to the proposals. Yeah, sure. I just want you to ask Tiffany about yeah. going to Everest with my mum. Oh yes, of course. You went oof, wow. to Everest Base Camp. Yeah. Uh, Everest Base Camp uh, in in Tibet. So um, I think that that side's now closed. You can only go via Nepal, which we call the light side because it's about 2,000 meters lower. Um, uh, same height as, Ever- as Kilimanjaro. Yeah. Uh, Gosh, Tibet is, yeah, Tibet is very arid. And, and while on Tibet, you interviewed the Dalai Lama, didn't yes. you, Kate? Yes. So yes. He's, he's uh, not allowed in Tibet He's not allowed anymore. in Tibet, absolutely. And the Chinese have taken over, and it's a, it's a very sad uh, state of affairs. But when we got to, I wouldn't call it a hotel because it was more of an outbuilding without glass in the windows and wet <laughs> mattresses and no toilets. It was a simple Tibet. But you had your Irish whiskey, didn't you? We had our, we had our Irish whiskey, but um, there was a tour group there from Australia. I think it was just the two of us, and that the leader of the tour group had been there 
over 15 times, and it was the first time she said that ever seen Everest with a full moon clear <gasps> at night. And, and we arrived, and this giant big moon rose above, exactly above the peak, and it was crystal clear. It was very cold, but it was crystal clear, and it was just, it was goosebumps even. How spectacular. Now thinking of it, yes. Well, I, I, it was a fantastic I, I, you had a, a supermoon at your birthday on Saturday. In their, in their Woolworth tackies. No yeah. training, no, <laughs> and no, people, no oxygen. And people nothing. go for, for months, and they really. run up hills. And, and, people, and people die. We had, someone, we had no. a few almost deaths We had trip. a few. We didn't realise how, we, how hectic we, it was. We had... We did some white water rafting, which makes where we've just come back from Taranan last week, makes uh, uh, Vic Falls white water rafting look like a duck pond. So Tiffany and I and somebody at the bottom of a hundred foot gorge, we go white water rafting. I'll tell you the story very quickly. So we're in one dinghy in the front, eight of us. No training. And, and, and as it happened, we had two, two of our party were doctors. Okay, importance of the story. Behind us was a dinghy which had the Manchester Social Club. <laughs> they were having an outing and they come to Everest. And they were in the they were in the dinghy behind us, quite a long way behind us. Anyway, one of them fell out and somebody in our Place dinghy your water, minus, uh, minus I mean mm-hmm. uh, what somebody in our dinghy noticed. And the people in our dinghy, we managed to drag her onto our dinghy. She was bright blue. She was bright blue. My friend Marjorie, you met at my party, was a retired uh, anaesthetist and the other doctor. They were asking anybody got a pen because they wanted to do a tracheotomy. In oh the boat, God. going in the down boat, the rapids. In the rapids. <gasps> in the boat. In the, all this was uh, happening. Anyway, very long story short, one of the... Doctor, that we fixed her, they fixed her, and one of the doctors, Mark, climbed out of the 100-foot gorge with her all day. We eventually got back to the bank. They all thought we were dead. But that night, the lady we'd rescued, she was a big biker and she had tattoos all over her, and she'd made a remarkable (laughs) remarkable, uh, recovery. And she comes up to Mark, the doctor, and she says, I think I owe you a beer. And he's a very mild man. He said, I nearly hit her. He said, and, oh, I must just show you while I think of it. Ah, that, what's that? It's a tattoo that says established 1934. <laughs> so so two quick things that come out of this. So first of all, I mean, I often, when I hear these stories, I'm sure... You, you, you will agree too, Tara and Tiffany. You hear these stories about your mum's generation and you think, well, we have such ordinary lives by comparison. I mean, she survived the Blitz, for God's sake. Yes. You, 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 you rescued this woman on your dinghy. I was an evacuee. On, on foot gorge. You were an evacuee. Um, you, you really have traveled everywhere. You've tried everything. I jokingly said at, at your party that you were one of the first people to do ayahuasca <laughs> long before it was trendy she to do. She made me too. Yeah, and as I said, most... Parents worry about their children doing jokes, but in our case, the children worry about the parents. It was only the once people. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. There was another time in Lesotho <laughs> where you and Tiffany went back and did it. Maybe you weren't. Okay, sorry, Tiffany. You and Dad went. I was um, cured of drugs at you a very went, young You went to Lesotho and you did it again. You came back at the end of the weekend after our house at your house. And you looked like you'd been dragged through a bush backwards. It was, <laughs> it was just trying. It was just trying. She also uh, worked inside a whale. 
What? Oh, yes. How? Nobody ever believes this. Go back a long, long time. No television. People had never Were heard you one of, of the last people London. to gather ambergris? London. <laughs> yes, yes. Really? London. 1950s. In the 50s, no television or hardly any. Nobody had heard of David Attenborough. These two young Norwegian entrepreneurs found a blue whale washed up on a beach in Norway. Brilliant. They got it, they gutted it, they put refrigerators inside and they toured it round the capitals of Europe. And it came to London on the South Bank. It was, it was 60 feet long. I watched that in metres. Considerable. And he employed 10 students and the public queued up, cost half a crown in those. Public queued up to see a whale. They'd never seen a whale. It was a bit high, I must tell you. Sure. And we used to walk them up and down. Um, one of the students, Rudolph, who was at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, he used to tell them this had died of love. Um, we all used to spit. <laughs> but every night we used to go into the jaws of the whale and have cold beers because it was so it was so hot that summer in London. And they, all the whalebone was hanging up the back of their mouth. And of course, none of us had cameras or phones or anything. No. And we used to sit in the jaws of the whale every night and have cold beers. <laughs> what a job. What a job. It went off finally to France, to Paris, where it got a bit too high. They made millions, made Millions. How clever. And a blue whale, I mean, yeah. you know, those don't yeah. come around every the day Elon and Musk wash up of, on a beach. The Elon Musk of their day. <laughs> Quite right. Shot. But you say that we don't have interesting lives, but Gareth, it's so much about attitude. You know, you can live hmm. you can live a day in Parkwood with my mother where, where you think it's a boring life, but she'll find something fascinating about it. And positive about it. Well, so, that's so that's true about yeah. that's always been true about you, and I think it's one of the reason one of, one of the many reasons that so many people love you and and love your books and love your loved your radio shows and continue to take a huge interest in everything that you do. You're very positive. It doesn't. Mm. It's not difficult for you. No, I hope Tara's the same. You're all Thanks. me. Uh, wait, <laughs> oh, she's a misery, you? but Tara's you're great. The, yeah. I'm the reasonable, uh, practical one. Uh, uh, you're, no, we're all the same. And I wonder, you know, as you know, Gareth, from working with you all those years ago, I don't believe in past lives or future lives. I have always lived in the present. I don't know whether it goes back to being evacuated from my parents at four and having to live in the present, you know, Sister and I had a brown paper parcel tied to us, put on the train, sent out of London to strangers. My parents rescued us after six months. But I have never lived in the past and I don't live in the future. I live in the moment. And I think that's quite a gift. I, I see it as a gift because well, I'm not worrying. I spoke to a, a psychologist a while ago who said, he, he's a regular on our show, and he said, to be happy. You must live in the present. So it's mm. precisely what you're saying. Too much time in the past, depression. Too totally. much time in the future, anxiety. Exactly. Right? But also my mum, my mum has been a great role model in practicing gratitude. I mean, I know now like Oprah's made it all, all like a thing. But actually my mum has always been about gratitude. And mum, tell, tell us what you say at night. To the oh, last thing I'll yeah. say at night, always, I pat myself on the shoulder and say, well done, body. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's why you're still doing the things you're doing. 
Uh, you, you celebrated this birthday on the Zambezi. Tara, I think tell us so. We were on a private island in the middle of the Zambezi. I had a beautiful lodge called Royal Chindu, which is just the most beautiful lodge I think I've ever been to. Me too. And we woke up in the morning and, you know, obviously Kate had left several um, clues that it would be her birthday that day. <laughs> what, in case you'd forgotten? <laughs> really? And we were just a family of four and an American friend. Seven and so of the staff brought her a cake before breakfast. Uh-huh. Um, and then we went on a, a boat ride and we saw a, a, her birthday otter. We saw a, a Cape Crawless otter playing in the water, swimming, getting out the water, rolling in the sand. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah. And then we saw later that day, she's also given to us a great love of nature and wildlife. We saw, um, I don't know if you know what an African skimmer is, but it's, it's a bird with a big, long orange beak. Dark orange beak, and it skims along the surface and, and catches little fish. As it goes. And they, there's only a thousand left you know, in the world. They're highly, highly critically endangered, endangered. Critically endangered. And so they're black and white with this long orange beak, but when they're babies, they're just little balls of fluff, like cotton wool fluff. And we had, um, we had been and seen a sandbank where they were nesting. We'd seen it like two days in a row. And on the third day, we noticed that there were two little babies. They'd hatched. Uh, and then we, my mum was, oh, they just hatched overnight. Well, if, you know, being the bird expert that she is. Then I looked back at my photos that I took the two previous days. <laughs> they were there the whole the time. They were there all the time. We haven't <laughs> seen so them. now there are a thousand and two yeah. African skimmers left in the there world. And apparently what happens to the babies, crocodiles lie on them. So these huge crocodiles are cr- crawling up onto the sandbag and splat. <laughs> there Shame. goes they. Like there goes the critically endangered. It was a beautiful, <laughs> it was the most beautiful setting, a beautiful day. And and, and just to tell the, uh, Gareth about the village, the lodge has a village next door. Uh, that's not a tourist village. You've all been. We've all no. been to these Marsemaran. These no curio shop tourist, a proper proper uh, village. They take guests to. Um, one of the guests brought the Edith, who's the uh, un- unlikely uh, leader of the village. Gave, I, this was my third time there. She greeted me like a long-lost uh, friend. They, one of the guests had bought a water tank for the village because the kids get taken by crocodiles. They go down to the right. river to fill there. And then round their vegetable gardens, they supply all the veggies to the lodge, aubergines, Peppers, the most exotic things. They've been given the seeds. They work their butts off to keep this going. Fresh bream from the river. But Edith had had them all build, build, um, what's the, what's the poisonous plants? Uh, the uh, black rhinos and, and civets are the only things I'll that think eat it. it. Can't think of it. Anyway, they've built these huge hedges around the veggie gardens form. and the elephants come in once a month or so. And take whatever they and want. And no, Edith says, it's the good Lord protects my vegetable asset. I've remembered. It's the euphorbia. <laughs> the elephants <laughs> the euphorbia. are very clever. They know not to eat uh, wow. euphorbia. But such a wonderful, wonderful Story and I, I haven't forgotten about the proposal story. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tiffany's going to tell it. Um, I am going to tell it, but I'm going to tell it from my perspective because my mother went <laughs> off to Italy to stay in a 
very good but, friends. But before that, Bella. she went on a painting course in France. That's where it began. That's where she met him. Yeah. Then she got invited to the villa. She can do everything well, including paint well. In Italy, and we all said, oh, mum, we think this is, you know, a bit of a, a date, a bit of a prospect. Oh, rubbish, she's just a good friend. So off they went um, Off they went to Italy to have a few days together in some beautiful villa that he owned. Sounds good. It's a diamond miner and had um, mansions in every continent in the world. So well, oh, we, were, we were quite encouraging. He yeah. was nice. John. John was, he was very nice. My mother phones me one afternoon. She says, I don't know I don't know what the matter is. You know, we, we went for a lovely lunch. We had a lovely lunch in the village. And John became all grumpy. And now he's sitting there and I had to leave him at the restaurant. And he's sitting there drinking wine on his own. And I'm here. I said, well, what happened? She said, well, you know, he said to me, Kate, what, what, what about it? Do you think we should get married? And she said, never, not over my dead body. <laughs> and she walked up and got off. And then she was all surprised that this poor man was drinking away his sorrows in the But then I've, the got, to, I've got to tell you a corollary to the story because it's the best April Fool's joke I've ever played. Before this just happened, Comes April Fool's morning, I send all the family a WhatsApp. After a lot of agonising, I have decided to marry John. I will spend six months in South Africa, six months in Europe. Sorry. Tara was driving, nearly crashed her car. I said, well done, that's such excellent news. Tiffany, (laughs) uh, my eldest daughter, who flies under the radar a lot, just said... April Fool. (laughs) (laughs) She got it straight away. Wow. But you could have been, uh, you know... He was boring. He was really nice. He was good-looking. He was really interesting. He He wasn't really. He was was well-traveled, well-read. He just wasn't an Irishman. No, anyway. She has high standards. Anyway. Anyway. And she doesn't need... Anybody, because no, she no, can have exactly. her own orgasms. Exactly. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. I, I knew so you were going to bring that up. You should never so, have told that. No, I, mean, quite a bit. I haven't told my friends that. <laughs> so, Except I told one and she said, yeah. <laughs> so who haven't you met that you really wanted to? Nobody really. I mean... I'm going to go into old fart mode for a moment. I was thinking of politicians. When I grew up a million moons ago, remember in 11 years, I'll be a century, even though they've had their, the tall poppy syndromes worked, we had people like Churchill and Roosevelt and De Gaulle. We had world leaders of stature that we could look up to. And we had other leaders in other fields. Who is there now? Anywhere in the world. Angela Merkel was almost there. Now she's gone. There's nobody, Gareth. There's nobody. There's no world figure I could look up to and think, really, well, I'm sure there is. I'm sure I've probably forgotten somebody. I I think maybe that's something that not just old people feel. Mm. I think a lot of us feel that really there aren't that many truly great people. Yeah. um, Because... Maybe it just comes with what era you're born in and yeah. the amount of adventure you can squeeze into a lifetime. But I mean, you mentioned some of these people. Churchill was fighting here in South Africa. Then he was in India. Then he yeah. was in Parliament. Then he was writing these incredible speeches. And I mean, he's and just, winning the Nobel Prize for Literature. Uh, absolutely, and um, was prolific. Yeah. Wrote lots and lots of books. You've written a yeah. number of books. 
Yeah, quite a is, few. Is, is that something you enjoyed or is it something that you No, I enjoyed. Of... I did. I did enjoy and I'm being nagged all the time to do another one, but not not uh, not ready yet. The Dalai Lama I enjoyed meeting because he was the very first person who said to me, and it's always there and we all know it now, and this is going back at least 30 years, never forget the togetherness of all things. Hmm. Now we know plants talk to one another. There are tree systems with fungal sending messages. We know so much more, but that is so true. You take away one spider and what what happens? But I did, somebody, some magazine once asked me, who would I... Who would I like to have had dinner with? And obviously, my I had two selections, Shakespeare and Shea Warne. Oh, wow. <laughs> couldn't be more disparate than that. Oh, I loved Shea Warne. <laughs> and they used to live in Rankersfontein. And, you know, the first cricket match of every touring team, Nicky Oppenheim has a cricket pitch there. So the touring team used to come in and we used to take the grandchildren and sit in our deck chairs and watch all the great cricketers. Uh, Why Shane Warne? Because sexy and naughty and and himself, not pretending to be anybody else. And a a, superb cricketer. He he went out after an orgy of cocaine and hookers, didn't he? Yeah. That's appropriate. Yeah. Well, I had a friend who died in a whorehouse (laughs) in in, um, Bangkok. He was very, you remember Richard, we won't say his name, lovely, lovely guy. He thought it was such a good idea of opening, uh, I don't want to use the term brothel, but uh, a oh, club yeah, sure. for older men Yes, in Bangkok. And he, he made millions out of it. You know, somebody who just wanted a girl to come and sit on their lap or, or, yeah. or something Elon Musk out of the thinking out of the box right. again. That's, entrop- so. that's entrepreneurship. <laughs> that's what that is. It was lovely. Oh. Cut down the tree in our front garden in Kelvin. Told me it was dead and it wasn't. It was sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if it's not people that you would have liked to have met, then are there really unpleasant people that you did meet? But that you're glad you met too, because yeah, they, were, they were interesting, even if they were unpleasant. May, you may might be my producer at the time. There was a guy called Fred Phelps, for once I've remembered the name, and he ran a, a cult and something in America, and he would go to the funerals of veterans, I think it was during the Iraq War, and shout, they're gay, they shouldn't be having yes. a funeral. Yes, I remember And him. he put a curse on. He put a curse on me. He put the Turkington curse on yeah, mine. And then in the same week, the um, transmitter of 702 blew up in flames. <laughs> in the same week that yeah. the curse was put on her. True story. True. But... It was off air for the longest. You can Google it. (laughs) So it was your fault. (laughs) Not long afterwards, I interviewed Jesus Christ. And he came and obviously from South California in a silk suit and gold chains and all his henchmen. And obviously, yeah, I must be quite nice to him because the next day I got an email saying he'd made me an honorary angel. Oh, wow. So I went from a curse 
And so in a few weeks, I went in advance. So in, I went from being cursed to being an honorary angel. But then remember, didn't he say that um, you can see where angels have been because there's a little white feather? Oh. So then my mum went out to hang the washing oh, on the yeah. line. There was a white feather on a, on a dog pew. So I don't know what that... messaging. I can remember shouting at the dog, my God, you've killed the Holy Ghost. <laughs> um, the, out of all those charlatans and the, uh, the, the religious leaders and, and all kinds of woo-woo people, that was your favourite term for them, woo-woo people. Yes. Um, Still, it's oh, become yeah. quite current now. Oh, yeah. And uh, a lot of these people, you were the first one to give these people airtime some some of the time. They were, they've never been heard of before. Uh, rat worshippers and all <laughs> kinds of things. They were cults, yeah. all kinds of cults. Faith healers. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, people who foretold the future. And we had one famous um, psychic in... And I, I can't remember if it was you, it may well have been. I said, she's going to say, there's somebody behind you and her, it's a woman and her eyes are dancing and I think it's your mother. She did exactly. <laughs> so she you did predicted exactly. what the psychic was going to she predict. Did, she did. <laughs> she says to everyone. Well, yes, we predicted <laughs> what the psychic All right, but your mother, I mean, I've, I've heard stories about your mother and I mentioned that I found your book the other day about her, Doris. Yeah. So just tell us about her because um, I know you two have probably heard all the good stories and you could probably add to these. But she sounds like she was remarkable. She was a remarkable woman. She left school. She was the daughter of a Swedish sea captain who'd sailed with Conrad. He oh. was just a deckhand. Joseph Conrad? Yes, yes. Heart of he, darkness. He spoke Russian. He spoke Polish. He, it's a long story. I have his obituary, though, from the London docks or whatever it is. He fell with wooden, wooden ships. He used to say... Kate, the ships were made of wood and the men were made of iron. Now the ships are made of iron and the men are made of wood. He fell from the mast, couldn't have been very good at his job, in Canada. And the nearest or whatever reason, the nearest port, the only port they were putting into was Rio de Janeiro from. And he taught himself English while he was laid up with a, a broken leg. And and the obituary doesn't say this, and I can't find the reason. For some reason, he was invalid to the Royal Naval Hospital in Greenwich, okay. which is where he met my grandmother, the witch, the Yorkshire witch, who was a nurse. Was she a real so, witch? Yeah, oh, she, oh yeah. she was. She was. She was. So, so my mother grew up. So my f f grandfather became a docker and eventually rose up and became quite high in the system. So she was brought up on Canary Wharf. Now, now. It's all commercial now, buildings it now. Was, it, was, uh, it was the Isle of Dogs. It was the Isle of Dogs yeah. in those. So she remembers the tea clippers coming in and there were oh. parrots in the house and monkeys. But then there was a war on. She always wanted to travel. The end of the war, which war mum, 1945, never travelled. My father also been a miner. He'd been in the Jarrow Miners March. Oh, yeah. But. Even though they'd had no formal education, there was Shakespeare, Dickens in the house, God knows what. Anyway, come the end of the war, my mother bought five pairs of nylons and five tins of Nescafe. And she said to my father and sister, I'm going to France. And she took herself off. She'd never travelled. Like mother, like daughter. 
to Paris, uh-huh. to Paris, huh. where she found a pension and made friends. And after she was only in a day two weeks, after two weeks, the pipe was August. The pension being in Paris, they all wanted to go to the coast. So they said, Will you look after the she didn't speak a word of friends. Will you look after the pension for us? So she stayed a month and came back. And that was, that was like, and my father said, yeah, fine, you know, kind of thing. And you say history repeats itself because she's done this to you even when and you were they, little. They've also done it to them. <laughs> they've <laughs> they also done it to You know, for anyone listening to this, it sounds like my mother lives such a glamorous life. No. Of, of travel and luxury and book writing. But she's grafted flipping hard in her life, you know. She, well, you two got worked. it from somewhere. Yeah, we, we have. And and she's taught us that hard work is actually the start right, but of don't everything. be a buzzkill. We were enjoying these stories. <laughs> you have to get all serious now, Tiffany. Yeah, but it's, it's, uh, it just, it just sounds so lovely. And it, and yeah. it is hard work. And you've, and and, you've and got to work hard and be able to have this. And she forgot you at school a couple of times. Many times. Like 16 years. Yeah, but... <laughs> Whenever you're a pioneer in something, it's actually much more difficult. I mean, you know, Gareth. I mean, it's much more difficult than people think. You're starting something for the first time or, mm. I mean, Kate was uh, started the TV department at Wits. And, as a woman. Um, as a woman. And, even and, a and, and I mean, even even today that would be quite a big deal. But, I mean, you just did that and, um, yeah, and, and, and she showed us. And that's – she just showed us how – how it's done. Just do something. Don't wait. Opportunity, you know, never knocks. You must just go and bash b- down the door. Bash down the exactly. door. Opportunity. Invite it in. Tell it exactly. what, what you going what you want from it. Because otherwise, you know, your life might end up being a bit boring. Make opportunities and take opportunities. I think that's the thing. Don't wait and sit for something to come along at all. I think looking back. I might, thank goodness I didn't. I could have become a diplomat. <laughs> oh. I doubt it, uh, I'm really. You know, when I left university, you went to fired, ma'am. And I nearly went to Iceland to do a PhD in old Icelandic. That's another, that's another uh, long story. But I've tried my hands at most things. I can't play the piano and I hate cooking. But otherwise... Uh, but look at you and Tiffany starting a company with nothing, no money, and now do the proud mum thing, becoming yeah. one of the biggest communications companies in South Africa. I'm very proud of you, and girls. She's, and she still works, mum. You know, she I does know, media training work. with us. We, yeah. do, we do media yeah, training. Yeah, I write for... at all kinds of things. Yeah, so. she, she still works. Do you, do, you, do you have a problem with getting old? I don't. Getting old sucks, basically, mm, right. with aches and pains and whatever. But the advantages are you, you do become very wise, Gareth. You're very I sometimes have to keep my mouth very shut. When is that, Mama? When I'm with my daughters or granddaughters or whatever, I sometimes see things and hear things of other people and I think, Button your lip. That's just don't not true, man. Say, <laughs> don't, uh, don't uh, say anything. But I, I read recently. I think I read online every morning. New York Times, Daily Telegraph. They have the best sports 
uh, reporters and good arts people. New, uh, News 24, who still make spelling mistakes, mm. which is why Many I mistakes. won't pay the paywall, and BBC. And then we all do word puzzles, and we're very competitive. So we all WhatsApp with one another. I got Wordlin 2, I got Birdlin 4, I got Connections in 3. We have a whole... First early morning system of who's it's got like a what. Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you don't, because, I mean, I, a lot of people say this. I said it to you the other day. You, you, you're inspiring because you're not, I don't really think of how old you are. You've kind of been the same to me for 24 well, years. Well, I, I, I don't feel, I've, I am wiser. I, I definitely am wiser. I think they... I think the thing about being young, I had no self-knowledge whatsoever. I had absolutely no self-knowledge. Now I do have a lot of self-knowledge. I know what I'm doing most of the uh, time. But I think I told you the other night at my party, I've only got one thing left on my bucket list, mm -hmm. and that's to give somebody Heimlich's manoeuvre. Yes. So if any of so you someone has to would choke start around choking, you. Yeah. I really would. And then I read that Heimlich only gave that manoeuvre when he was 80 years old. He invented it, but had never tried it himself. And he was in a restaurant when he was 80 and something, she's over for me. And somebody <laughs> choked to death and he gave them Heimlich's manoeuvre. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing you want. So for for you, Tiffany and Tara, like what's the what's the thing that that really that you love when you're your people everybody knows your mum and when they meet her and you're around, what kinds of things do you see people saying all the time that you know either to be absolutely true and that you also marvel at, even when you're not being cynical about her, which we all are about our mums. And and has she become at all irritating in her, in her old age? No, well, I mean, <laughs> I'll hold back a little. I mean. The other day we were uh, giving a pitch to a client and someone in the audience uh, rushed up to the team at Flow and said, do you know that everyone loves Kate? There's not a single person who doesn't. Love Kate. No, no, no. Let, let me let me retell the story slightly. So this is a big pitch, a big corporate client. It's very formal. They're all sitting there in their little desks. You know, you're not allowed to smile or 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 anything. And then and then it's question time at the end. And the first question they ask: Are you related to Kate Turkington? Not. Um, what are you going to do for us? Can we talk about the finer <laughs> points of your financial proposal? But oh. are you related related to Kate Turkington? Yes. Yes, she's my mum. And then um, I saw him and another guy beaming in the audience. And then he came up to me afterwards and, I, and he said, oh, I've worked with Kate at 702. I said, oh, goodness, I hope you liked her. <laughs> he said, there's not a person in South Africa who doesn't love your mom. That's true. Oh. So that's nice. Yeah. That is true. That's nice. You know, you often hear about these people who are the, the children of celebrities or, you know, they've uh, – and, and, your mother is a celebrity. Mm. We get, whether you, whether we get you like it or not. Her name more often than we get yeah, called we our names. Yeah, you, it can have its pluses and its minuses. I mean, you, you kind of have a little bit of reputation just by virtue of the fact that <laughs> she is your mom. Which can be good or bad. Well, mostly yeah. good, as you've mm. already indicated. Mm. But it's also, there's always this, this pressure on people who've got remarkable parents because then if you aren't fantastic – People go, oh, well, a bit of a dud in the next generation. <laughs> you you worry about that. I, I, I used to think because I, I'm proud of both of my parents and they're also, you know, terrific people. But on this woman's scale, I mean, you really. 
You know, you know, you know what? Uh, first of all, she always just let us be who we were. So it was never, it was never. I never felt pressure to, to, to be anything like her. Or, or I mean, I never felt, I never felt that pressure. But, 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 but back to your question about what people say, or you know, my mum is just the most fun person, especially to travel with, and she's she's totally unstoppable. So I remember once we were in Russia, which, I mean, now you we couldn't go. I don't mean who's going to go to Russia yeah, anymore. We were in Russia, <laughs> and we were in St. Petersburg, which is a beautiful city. They call it the, the, the Venice of the North because it's got canals. hundreds of canals. Yeah. And at midnight, the um, all these canals, um, they've got drawbridges, and the drawbridges are open to let the ships go in, like once uh, in and out, once a day at midnight. Okay, so now we have been – Touring, we've walked flipping St. Petersburg flat. We've been to the, we've been to castles, and we we absolutely exhausted. And um, there's a night off on the program. One one night off. Oh, my mum says, let's go. We must sail on the. We must sail in St. Petersburg. We must it, go. It's the white night. Uh, there's white night, so it doesn't doesn't uh, get dark. We must we must go on a trip and uh, on the river. So, fine, I find uh, – this is not an extra thing, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's exhausted. Yeah. I found a thing at 7 p.m. where we could go and sail up and down the rivers. No, she says, absolutely not. We have to go at midnight because that's when all the bridges open. And so we very begrudgingly went at midnight, got home at 4 in the morning, started going the next morning at 6. But it was a, one of the happiest travel memories, seeing all those beautiful bridges open at midnight. And the Russians, we danced with and we, did, we, we drank vodka. We danced on the, uh, on the boat and uh, saw vodka. all the draw, drawbridges vodka. open. She was How also in the crew a couple of months ago where she went out looking for art fox at midnight in the freezing cold in midwinter. In July, I was in a tent in the crew this July. Must have been freezing. It was a five-star tent, but it was, it was the zipping. <laughs> yes. It was the zipping of the tents, and when you're going to the loo, unzipping. But we got out. We got our odd fuck, so. But at the end of the day, she's not a celebrity. She's our mom. <laughs> we all have our mom. She's our mom. <laughs> and yes, she irritates us. I have she supports honestly, and encourages and... I have honestly never felt I was a celebrity. Honestly, I'd say that. Honestly, I'm always surprised. And and both both the girls know I really have a superb memory, but I have no memory for names. I mean, I came here and greeted somebody and said, so long since never I've seen you. Never in a whole life ever called no, us by the right name I have either. no idea who it is. <laughs> and, and my whole family know that if Sorry, people Jane. come up to me and say, you know, oh, how are you and wonderful and how are the girls, how are the dogs and everything, I don't introduce them. They know I haven't got a clue <laughs> who I'm speaking to. Well, that's a minor, <laughs> minor flaw in an otherwise pretty good CV. Okay, so... Um, can I just tell you one story about sort of being famous? Of course I've you been can. lucky enough to go to Antarctica a couple of times. And the first time I went, I went with Alan, because of the Antarctic Treaty, you can only have... I think they've raised it to 500 numbers. You can only have 400 people on the ship. And you go in these rubber ducks, these dinghies, and your red jackets and your boots, and you sit and wait to get in your dinghy. And I went ashore with my with the people in my dinghy, eight of us, and there was a, a, a colony of nesting terns 
uh, a bird I mm -hmm. knew. So I walked away a little from the group to admire these turns and a f uh, figure in a yellow jacket, which meant he was one of the lecturers, very important, a figure popped over an iceberg and said to me, you're Tara Turkington's mother. Ah, there we go. In Antarctica of all places, huh? But you can't remember who it was. So. <laughs> no, I, I have no idea who it was. So you went to Antarctica a few times? Twice. Wow. Wonderful. Absolutely amazing. Uh, the, the, but we went, uh, uh, one of my... Most loved trips was out to Patagonia, uh, oh. Tiffany. And Galapagos Islands. And Galapagos. Galapagos uh, Islands. And the Amazon. Was, was and they. Yeah. And they. And again, Turkington Luck. Tiffany and I are in the, sounds so exotic, in yes. the Amazon. And again, I think there are nice. only a handful of giant otters left in the world. And we're paddling along some creek in there. We said, please find us a giant otter. They said, we only see those once a year. And those yeah. are the guards. So you anyway, we're paddling along. How many? Four of us in a canoe or whatever. And suddenly this giant head pops up in front of us. And being all South Africans, we were all so, you know, we didn't scream and reach for a camera. We just sat quiet. And these three <laughs> giant otters popped their heads up, swam around us, and then ran up the bank. Is it true in the Amazon that the insects just eat you? Yes. Really? Very much unpleasant. worse is the Okavango. Oh, really? Oh, uh, much, much worse. When you go, when you go on a, a, a speedboat, that's a bit of a misnomer. When you go on a boat with a motor in the Okavango, not now because it's very dry, but in season, they give you something like a bee, a beekeeper's helmet. Oh, Because otherwise so you're riding along and you're, there's just swarms of insects practically knocking you. Knocking you But I have walked into lions and I've shushed all kinds of critters off. And, but elephants are my best. I think it's a matriarch. Are they your favourite? I think it's a matriarch thing. <laughs> and, and they do seem to know things we don't know. Absolutely. And once I was with a friend in Medique and we found a dead elephant and we saw, and it sounds so anthropomorphic, we saw a herd come and mourn it. But I've just come back now from Chobe, the last bit of my trip, not Chobe, Zambia, and Rochunda again. And our guy told us many, many times he'd seen an elephant, if it had died naturally of old age, other elephants will bring sticks will with branches and lay them round the elephant. I don't think it, maybe they're trying to give it food. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But it's so, it's touching and poignant, whatever they, whatever they reason. You're very objective about a lot of the things that people tend to be very subjective about their own spiritual practices, religions, all of this stuff. <laughs> I I'm, can feel a low ball I know coming that. here. No, no, no. I, have you ever met anyone and thought that person has special powers or something? No. That there was, They were all just flesh and bones. I, I think the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu, I'm not into auras, but no. there was <clears throat> there was something about them, almost an aura of an emanation of goodness. There was something about them that, 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 that was special. But I once said to um, Terry Waite, 
because I have never met an evil person that mm. I'm aware of. Terry Waite was the um, Archbishop of Canterbury's envoy who used to go and negotiate hostages in the 90s, and they took him. I forget whether it was the Taliban, but some terrorist organisation took him, came into the studio. He's six foot eight and he wears size 13 shoes. Wow. He was chained to an... Uh, radiator in solitary confinement for four and a half years. My God. He kept himself sane. It's a bit like um, Gowan, Steve, Steve Gowan. Steve McGowan. I'm sure you've talked to Steve McGowan. But he kept himself sane by reading all the books he'd ever read, by playing the music in his head. And he, he, was, he was a very ardent Christian and his faith his faith uh, kept him going. So my <clears throat> feeling is whatever keeps people going, that's fine, as long as, I think I said to you, they're not praying, P-R-E-Y, unvulnerable. But wasn't your point it, that, that he, he said he had witnessed evil? Oh, yes, sorry. He said, Terry Waite told me he'd witnessed evil, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't expound. He wouldn't expound. He died recently, lived to be well into his 80s, um, no, he wouldn't expand. People tell me evil exists and they've seen evil, and I'm sure it does. I've been fortunate enough to be too daft to notice it, maybe. Well, or, or lucky. Or lucky. No, just or lucky, both. because who wants to? If, if it's as horrible as Terry Waite says it was, yeah. that he wouldn't even talk about it, then it must be really terrible. Are there places that you could that you couldn't go to because of wars and... Having, not being able to get visas or passports. And, you know, there are some parts of the world that, for example, I'd love to go to Mesopotamia and, and see the Tigris and Euphrates rivers, the old site of Babylon and Nineveh yes. and all um, of those um, places. You've been to Central Europe. What, Serbia, Central Europe, mm -hmm. does that count? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've been to Serbia. But not during um, the war? Or? No, 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 after the war. Well, it's a fascinating place. I mean, um, they, you know, they've got this very dark past. Ah. But they don't... I think maybe a little bit like South Africa. When tourists come here, we don't really dwell on apartheid, and we. I think. I mean, okay, we do have. Well, we do have the apartheid museum, which I think is brilliant. It's fantastic. Um, but they, you know, the, you have to dig quite hard to ask them about their past. They, 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 they. Like Croatia. Yeah, they want to. They want to look forward. They, they want to. They want to forget. Mm -hmm. Um, or maybe not forget, but they don't want to. Focus on, on that, yeah, to dwell on the past. So it's, a, I mean, it's a beautiful country. It's one of the few countries that's actually affordable for South Africans. Um, amazing food. Well, lots of people go to people. Croatia and Montenegro. Croatia, I wasn't <laughs> very keen on. Tiffany and I went. It was lovely. The inland of Croatia is beautiful. Yeah. The Dubrovniks, yeah, I mean, great, but it's a massive tourist, massive tourist. And I mean, it's that people lock in the middle of yeah. Dubrovnik. You can't move, can't go forward. And backwards. super yacht lock. As well oh, on yeah? the coast of, really? of Dubrovnik. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but no places that we were denied entry to. <laughs> Nearly. We were in I don't think either of you were with me. We were in Mexico and or Guatemala, I can't remember. And there was quite a a, a biggish village had gone on strike. 
and they had blocked all the traffic, the main road coming in and out of the village. And I had a friend with me who'd studied at the same time as me uh, in London, and he spoke perfect Spanish. And he taught us all solidaridad, which means solidarity. So we went up to the, the miners, we went up. Mass approaches. <laughs> and we toy showed with them, and we all shouted, solidaridad, solid, <laughs> and they let us through. <laughs> But I'll tell you another story about, um, you know, my mum always goes to places, uh, often goes to places that no one else goes to on holiday, you know, because like, so I've been a couple of times there to India. Oh, I love India. And we don't go to, you know, <laughs> we oh, go yes. to like the the Golden Temple, which no, it's a Sikh temple that... Amritsar. And, and Amritsar, and it's only for men, men, male Indians. Yeah. Okay. But so all these white women go off to see the Golden Temple, which we did. We did see. And then, like, um, we went to a kingdom in northern India called Sikkim. I mean, nobody, nobody has even heard of Sikkim. But anyway, we went there on holiday. There was a big sign that said, no Nigerians. On when the we border. Went, we went into Sikkim. Wow. <laughs> but the story I want to tell is about going to Kashmir, which we've been to twice. Yes, yeah. wonderful. Kashmir can't is go now. absolutely no. beautiful. That's a place you can't go anymore at the moment. Um, it's surrounded by the Himalayas, Himalayas, white tips, beautiful mountains. And then they've got this lake uh, in Srinagar called Lake Dal, which is a absolutely – it's so clear. It's just – you see all the reflections jewel, of the, jewel in the, the crown, hey, oh, wow. houseboats in Srinagar. Anyway, but there was a minor war going on there at the time. And my mum was, no, we have to go to um, to Kashmir because she's, you know, wants to read Jewel in the Crown, et cetera. We've got to go there. So and and she's got this faithful band of followers who are almost <laughs> as reprobates. I mean, they all drink and swear and um, – Behave badly. Anyway, we they don't really question the you know she says she's wise, but but uh, this is questionable at times. So uh, I said to her, mum, mum, do you think it's safe to go to um, Kashmir? Of course it's safe. Of course, of course, don't what, you're such a worry what, what, whatever. Of course it's safe. So <laughs> off we go. Now we're on the we're in Trinidad. It's the first afternoon, and uh, we're visiting some hanging gardens. Now wherever we went in Kashmir, we were the only tourists because. No one else was no going. No one else there. goes there, right? Um, so we're in, the, we're in these gardens, and there's this massive um, plume of smoke um, coming from the city center. And uh, we all sort of looked at it with minor um, you know, interest. And, um, and then on our itinerary, it, it said uh, we're going to the tourist center in town next. And the guy said, oh, no, 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 um, we, we, we're going to change. The, we're going somewhere else. So we didn't think too much of it. Then I was reading the newspaper on the way home on the plane and the tourist centre in Srinagar had been bombed (laughs) minutes before we were meant to go there. But to add to that, it was the first time they were running a bus service between India and Pakistan, mm. because Kashmir oh, is part of yeah. India, which some mm-hmm. people don't oh, agree no, with. It's divided. There's yeah. partitions. Some, yeah. some is in Kashmir. Some is in Anyway, Pakistan, so in Tara, you were working for Randall. No. Um, no, no. Her. Anyway, she's a journalist. She said, we've got to, we've got to see this bus. I did want to see the bus. <laughs> she, we've got to see this bus. So what bus. could we do? Nobody would take us to the bus. And good South African fashion, we hijacked. We, <laughs> we hijacked a, a bus and made them follow. Made them follow this bus all the way. Oh, to the Pakistani 
Indian border, which you cannot believe they do the changing of the guard. And this is... But that's in Amritsar, not Kashmir. Yes. No, no. Was... Yeah, yeah, Amritsar. That's where we saw the changing of the guard. But carry on, because it's a good story. Well, the changing of the guard when you're between Pakistan and India, it's like worse than the War of the Roses or anything else. It's each country trying to outdo the others. Oh, really? And much, the, the Pakistanis with their black peacock feathers and their black uniforms and marching and and then the Indians are in there and they're eyeballing one another. It's like something like other Game of Thrones, actually, wasn't it? Absolutely would, amazing. Would, would you want to go to North Korea? Talking about the borders. No. Oh, I would. No, no. you wouldn't. Nothing no. to see I there. I wouldn't. That, I'm not interested. You would. I would want to go, yeah. Sure. And, you know, I don't want to go into space. Do you want to go into space? Oh, yeah, no, I definitely I want to go to space. No. Well, I mean, she she does not shy away from danger. I've been on at least two live volcanoes that have exploded within a couple of weeks of us <laughs> being there. Um, she always says that one day when she does slip off this mortal coil, it's going to be something very dramatic in some You'll way. Completely tip into a volcano by mistake. Yes, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere completely inaccessible um, and make a go of it. But she's never shied away from danger. Wow. But I've never considered danger. It doesn't Same occur thing. to me <laughs> something's dangerous. Alan used to say, my late husband used to say, I have no imagination because I'm not frightened of anything, which is quite a scary thought. <laughs> so what do the what do the grandchildren think of their granny? Do they think all grannies are like this? Because they're not. I had these amazing letters and feedback. And, no, they they they. I think they think all grannies are like this. I think when people mention their granny at school, they you know they have a picture <laughs> of what's in their mind. Um, I don't think they also, they also know when to roll their eyes at granny being granny. Right. Um, but but yeah, they're, they're lucky. But you can never tell a a young person how lucky they are to have a grandmother no. like that. Charles Sam wrote to me, he's 12, yesterday. He said, you know, you've got a famous granny when your class teacher knows. And <laughs> Tiffany, <laughs> Tiffany Sells' daughter just had, had an opera sinus up. And all she remembers just before they put her up was the surgeon saying, this is Kate Jerkington's granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> um you are going to have a party every year. Yes. Until you get to 100. Unless I'm too. No, no, no. She doesn't stop at 100. It's just a no, big no, no, of a build up uh, to a big one. Oh, right, right. So yeah, we're building yeah, up to yeah. a big one yeah, at 100. But I can assure you the 101 will 101 be even will more be spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get my telegram from the king. Can I, can I tell you the long. last story? Yes. Alan and I, and my husband had business in Botswana. And Prince Charles, as he was then, was coming to Botswana to open a dam. And all the press had to stand at one end of the dam, and uh, that was it. So Alan being Alan said, there's no way we're standing at the end of the dam. So we walked across to the other side. So Prince Charles arrives, immediately walks across to the end of the dam. And Alan was wearing his regimental tie. He'd been in the British Army. So he and Charles got chatting a bit, and we chatted a bit, and then he walked back across, and we thought that was it. 
Two days later, we were in the, the line at the Royal Garden Party in Haberone. You know how you stand in line. And Charles comes along, he stands in front of us, he said, not the Turkingtons again, he said. <laughs> How could you not be a royalist? That's fantastic. How could you not be a royalist? Uh, well, he better bloody well get that letter ready for your hundredth. Um, it's, it's so special to spend time with all three of you. And I think that, you know, South Africa is a, a, a tough and interesting place and there are lots of people who are uh, worried about politics and the economy and all these things we can't control. But what's so lovely is to see three women who are friends and family and who have so much to, to, to give the world. And the three of you do. And it's, it's, you're the font of all of this. And we love South you're, Africa. And my eldest grand's, grandson, top of nine, who's 34, said to me recently, I'll never leave South Africa, Granny. No, I mean, I'll no, never no. leave. You know, uh, you've never South been tempted, Africa. of course, with all the travel. I wouldn't anywhere else. Absolutely. You've been everywhere. So yes. you really are There's a good no, resource. And, and you, Tara? And I have no, a, uh, this is by far my favourite. Mm. By far. How could you uh, not? South I, Africa's the best country in the world. Hands down. I could do a month in Bora Bora. <laughs> <laughs> I quoted you the other night. I have a friend who said, we all know they tried saying the grass is uh, green on the other side of the fence. She says the grass is only as green as you make it. And usually there's quite a lot of fertiliser or manure involved. <laughs> <laughs> mm. my, my, my son reeks, my younger son reeks, uh, when he was very young and he thought that... Um, uh, people laid eggs because he kind of got the story wrong about eggs and fertilization. <laughs> was very young and in the back of the car one day, I think he was four. He says, You know what, mom? None of us would be here if Granny hadn't laid us. <laughs> <laughs> well, mother, mother hen. Mother hen. Well, you're so unconventional. I wouldn't be surprised if you laid eggs, actually. <laughs> uh, witchcraft. There's witchcraft. 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 There was a supermoon for your birthday party. The yes, of course. Oh. Of you're course. In, you're what communing with the, uh, of course. with the spirits. Of course. No, don't do it spirits. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we love you. Thank and you. Thank you for we coming to you. talk to us. And I, yeah, this has been a long time coming. And thank you both. Tiffany and Tara for coming. Thank you, and we love because, you. Because, yeah, yeah exactly. it's very special to have all three of you here. And, so, um, one, two, three. Ah. Ah, again, one, two, three. Ah. <laughs> all right, all right. What did you call it? A cheesy Facebook moment? Yes. Mm. No more of that. Yes. That's, uh, this is a good place to stop. Thank you all. Thank you, Pleasure. Cliffcentral.com.